Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Dan Baer's interview with the director for Lux Eterna, Gaspar Noé. Hey, what's what's that photo behind you? Uh, it's climax. <laughs> you're you're incredible. There is a blue screen behind you, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a virtual background. It's in Zoom. I had to have some representation of one of my favorite movies. So, yeah. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I, I went to introduce a movie uh, in a French cinema, and, and uh, I wanted to see the first two minutes to see the sound level. And I, uh, I was standing in the back of the cinema and I watched the whole movie. I didn't expect <laughs> it to up for 90 minutes, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it is and one I, of those I, things where it's very hypnotic. It's hard to break yourself away from it once it starts. There we go. I, I used to be a dancer and choreographer, so I have a very special fondness for, especially how you shot dance in Climax. It was like, I've never seen it before and I really appreciated that. Welcome everyone to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are talking with the director, Gaspar Noé. His most recent film, Lex Eterna, is coming out soon and it's actually not his most recent film. It actually premiered at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival and is finally seeing release now. Uh, Gaspar, it's fantastic to talk with you. Where are you these days? I'm in a movie festival in Spain. Ah, Wonderful. I was traveling all over Europe for for the other movie. I just um, am releasing the Notebooks Eternal Vortex. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a bit the opposite of Luke's Eternal. Uh, yes, very. <laughs> um, so <laughs> so Luke's Eternal, uh, which began life as a short for Saint Laurent, which is has to be, after seeing the film, is one of the strangest producing credits I think I've ever seen, um, but inspired in a way. How did you get from that initial 
brief of making a short film for Saint Laurent to what Lux Eterna ended up becoming? Uh, I was very lucky to uh, to get this proposal from Anthony Vaccarillo, who's the, like the art director of San Juan, because he said, oh, the, um, no, I have an idea. Uh, can we please uh, take a coffee? And we took a coffee together. And, and he said, you know, I have this uh, uh, every six months. We have, um, like how, how we say, um, projects called self number one, self number two, self number three. Sometimes it's a, a performer, sometimes it's a photographer. And they, they, they do exhibitions, performances. And he said, oh, and we did a, a movie with uh, Brett Easton Ellis. And, and would you like to make a short film for us using the closing of our brand and our icons that, you know, the models or actors or actresses that they work for, with for the, their commercials and i said yeah of course uh, but uh, how long should it be and say oh it's up to you and I say how much money can you give and say oh it's up to the project and so it was quite open but and and then he said but if it's a short film where could it be shown and I said well it could be shown in Cannes, but Cannes is in like two months and a half I said, oh, do you have any idea of something we could shoot now to, to show it in Canada? I said, yeah, of course. I'll find an idea. And then I came back three days later and uh, I sort of a good idea on the subway where I was going to, to meet him. And, and uh, I said, well, he said, like, um, I have this idea of Beatrice Dahl because she was one of the icons of, uh, of San Juan uh, for many years. And I said, well, it's Beatrice Dahl directing her first movie about witchcraft. And the the, the 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 actress who plays the the the, the witch who gets burned is uh, Charlotte Gansbourg, and everything goes wrong, and the light starts starts exploding, and everybody hates everybody on the set. You know, there's some shootings that go go really crazy. Uh, I've been in some, not mine, but uh, I assisted to some horrible shootings of other other directors. And uh, he said, oh, it's a good idea, but can we be ready for Cannes? So of course it's going to be ready for Cannes. So, but, but uh, are you going to rewrite something? No, we'll just like prepare the movie, shoot it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll show it in Cannes. So everything happened very joyfully, very quickly. And uh, the movie that was supposed to be 10 or 15 minutes long became a 52 minutes movie. And it was like shown at midnight, like if it was a feature film in Cannes and it got a lot of attention. It was released in many countries as a feature film, although it's below 60 minutes. And uh, I'm extremely happy of the result that it's also very experimental in, uh, in some parts. Um, and it doesn't look at all like a commercial movie. It's a, it's a, a weird film that, that I'm very proud of, but the, um, it's quite hard to describe. People should see it. It, it can hurt your eyes at the end because yes, flickering <laughs> lights that that turn you crazy. It, it was that was definitely, and especially sitting um, very in a screening room, very close to the screen, where it's taking up the whole wall in front of us basically i was <laughs> a little worried for my sanity at some point but i think that's in many ways the point i, I was that... happy you were talking about the credits and uh, for the credits of this movie i said well because we're talking about old times uh, we should use like roman typography for yeah. titles but also the Romans would never use family names. You know, they were calling itself Nero, Caesar, or or you know, Claudius. But so I said, well, let's do a whole 
uh, film credit without using any family name. So it's a, like a movie by Gaspar, uh, produced by Anthony. And uh, and I like it. I'd say, well, at least that was a kind of credit I had never seen and I dreamt of seeing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's interesting that that was the impetus for that, because watching it, it, it made it feel almost more familial in a way that you were, you know, this was a film just made by a group of people and they're all so close that that's just, it just, just first names for the credits, which considering how quickly or how horribly wrong the production of the film within the film goes, it's sort of like a, a relief to like, no, 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 in real life, we're all okay. <laughs> Other than being that this does concern a film that goes, horribly wrong and that this happened so quickly you shot it so fast what was the craziest thing that happened on set while filming it was the craziest thing that happened on set while filming but the craziest thing that happened on set is that everything went fine at the end which oh wow been. so <laughs> this is very surprising that yeah the, the yeah, directors do mis uh, do mistakes. Uh, uh, assistant directors do do even more. Uh, you know, uh, I'm always surprised when the movie at the end seems achieved. When you know how messy was the the context in which it was created. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I for sure also I did not expect because initially, like uh, when I got the proposal, uh, I thought I would deliver. 10 15 minutes movie and i never thought it would end up being released commercially in almost every country and also that it would be in Cannes at midnight and with like the, the the best treatment ever and that i would be like going up the red carpet with all these models and actors <laughs> <laughs> it's the crazy life it's the crazy life it was very yeah it was a very funny experience and and uh, even if the the movie is a, a general audience movie it's uh, it's kind of crazy yeah very much so you use in the film uh, a quote from carl uh, theodore dreyer about how film must be raised from an industry to an art form and certainly here in america film is kind of viewed as much more of an industry with Hollywood and it's films that need to be pushed out to make money or make some sort of impact. But there is sort of this increasing number of independent... You know I, I, watched, I watched lately. Um, yeah. I watched the last James Bond. The old oh, No Time to Die, yeah. Oh, what a nightmare. The, 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 uh, uh, the old, the old uh, James Bonds look more arty. Mm -hmm. All these kind of movies, the, like uh, action movies, fantasy movies, spy movies. They're, they're, now they're three hours long. They're talkative, talkative. And they're trying to be so serious that, that at the end, you, you get bored for three hours. I used to enjoy uh, all those big productions in the 60s, mm -hmm. 70s. You know, the, 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 all the cinema movies were great, but now the, the, the they talk, 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 talk. They, they never end. And you see the actors, <laughs> close up the actors the, 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 reading those bad lines. Yeah, well, it's because I think you see, or we're seeing here anyway, a lot of more independent, artistic-minded filmmakers sort of making that leap to working on these big productions because they have a love for the characters or love for the plot and anything. For the, for the salary, for the salary. 
Uh, that as well, I'm sure, also helps. <laughs> and, Who cares about Superman or James Bond? No one cares. <laughs> some people, some people do. I think they have a nostalgic. You know, it reminds them of films that they liked when they were a child. You know, or things like that. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) But do you think that it's possible to have a real marriage between the artistic side of film and the industry side of film uh, sometimes sometimes there are great um great uh, fantasy movies great science fiction movies but there are not many from time to time there's one that really comes uh, pops out what's the most recent one that you can think of that uh, makes that for uh, you among the the hollywood movies wow that's a hard question but uh <laughs> i like what's the name is um I enjoyed very much, but uh, one with Martians, the Don, oh, what's it in? Um, because it's got a different, uh, in French, it's called First Contact, but the, the Arrival. Oh, uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve. No, no, no. I think it's The Arrival by, 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 by um, the director of Dune. Yes, Denis Villeneuve. Yes, Arrival. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thought, no, yes, that's a fantastic one. Yeah. I saw the trailer of the Kingsman. No, the, the Northman. Oh, the Northman, yes. Robert Eggers. I, I, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I like the trailer, I want to see. That movie, it starts way up here at a 10 and just keeps going all the way through. It's, it, it's, it. it's incredible. You saw it? Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It seemed to me like... A, uh, these two movies that I really enjoyed, 300 and 300, uh, the birth yes. of an empire. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does have a, it does have quite a bit in common with those movies. I'll go. I think it goes more heavy on uh, mythology and the, the the culture of the Icelandic Nordic countries in a, in a more 
interesting way, I think, than 300 did. And, and it, the other action movie that I really liked uh, was the, the last Mel Gibson, the one that takes place in Japan. The second half of the movie was pure barbary. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that. Oh, wow. The, 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 like the, when, the, when the American soldiers arrive to Japan and the, 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 the battle starts, you have one hour of pure terror on screen. Hmm. Wow. Lux, to get back to Lux Eterna, <laughs> it starts with this long, it doesn't begin with, but it includes a long conversation between Beatrice and Charlotte about the process of making movies. And there is particularly Beatrice as she's the director of the film within the film about her sort of ideals of filmmaking. And then as the movie goes on, all those ideals kind of start to fall away somehow in the actual process of making the movie and getting it done also you can tell that she's a bad director and the, uh, asked, <laughs> do you mind playing in director technology but i never want to direct a movie but imagine if you were forced for for, for money needs whatever mm. with a director and you are not a director and everything goes wrong and so she, she could relate to that, but uh, it's true that when you see the images of the movie she's shooting, you say, oh, shit, this is not <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious if, if you have ever found that to be true for you of any of the films that you've worked on, that in the face of getting the thing actually made, that your the standards or ideals somehow have to fall away even a little bit. Uh, yeah, but you, you have to protect yourself from putting, uh, of get, uh, getting into situations you cannot handle. Mm-hmm. You know, even if uh, I'm a bit paranoid, uh, that's why I never smoke joints because uh, it turns me even more. <laughs> but uh, uh, as I know that uh, um, you have a right to to to. Enough to be wrong on set once a week or something like that. I always add additional days for the shooting, empty days mm-hmm. to reshoot scenes that I could have screwed up with the, because of me or because of the actors or, or because of some other technical problem. And so, um, yeah, you know, most people, they do a, a shooting schedule in which every, every scene has one particular day and they don't, uh, they, they consider that they will not be uh, able to to reshoot a scene if needed i always add some days for for reshootings it's smart smart um allowing that space for things to go wrong which it does not seem happened on the making of this film within the film <laughs> yeah but in the case of this one i could have cut the the good thing is there was so much good material that because we're full of good material and because mm. we shot three cameras that yeah, and even I told the, the I told the assist the camera assistant. Well, while we're having dinner, if you want to shoot some images, just shoot them and and then bring them. So there was a lot of footage that I discovered uh, in the editing room that I wasn't even aware that it existed. Oh wow! <laughs> and and you've you've been working with Benoit Deby, the cinematographer, for since since Irreversible, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so is that, are you at that point now where you two have a sort of shorthand when you get on set in terms of what you're looking for and how things are going to work? Uh, I like working with Benoit because we don't need to discuss. Uh, he's got a great taste. 
for lighting. Mm -hmm. He also had a, he has a great taste for uh, whatever is linked to to the visual department, the closing, the 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 the, the no the the decoration, you know, the 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 art design, etc. So he's uh, the 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 person I asked the most about the art direction. Like, oh, uh, should should the girl wear this dress? Should should the boy have a jacket that's blue? And so um, yeah, he's like he's more than a simple. Uh, co-operator camera operator or or a cinematographer he's like a real uh, artistic partner in, in, in every level of the movie besides he doesn't take care of the sound that the sound <laughs> not his apartment <laughs> <laughs> my cinematographer is extremely inventive but also yes he's, he's the nicest person on this planet and you have to work with intelligent people who are nice because you know if, if people bring their ego to the set it always turns bad like in the movie Mm. Like the shooting is described in the movie. So, so, yeah. so yeah. You know, it's important, I think, to keep those things in check. And speaking of that, the so this film premiered at Cannes in 2019. Since then, you've made another film, Vortex, which is also now doing the festival circuit. And it's been so long since you've made this film and since it premiered, and having to do press for it now and talk about it. Do you? so much has happened since then in the world for you personally with the making of a whole other film do you recognize the person you were when you made it is it hard to put yourself back in that mindset of making this film or is it just so immediate no actually the the, the last one vortex was shown uh, uh like nine months ago in Cannes, but mm -hmm. it's been it's everywhere at the same time right now uh, and it's funny because I, I never had so many uh, international releases synchronized uh, in such a sh short period of time. Like it's coming everywhere in the same two, three weeks. So, so I'm uh, doing phone calls from or from many countries. Where I have to go to Spain, to Switzerland, to to Italy, to Germany. To so I'm running all, all, all day now. But yeah, it's better to release it now before the World War Three will start. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> Actually, I, I, one month ago, I said it would really start. Now I don't know. Um, probably yes, probably now. I, I I think that the film is it's so it, it's great that a movie like this is even getting this kind of release. Yeah. Um, you know, stand alone on its own. It's so rare that we get something that is less than an hour in in cinemas and something so so daring yeah. as 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 this is. It's really a complete sensory experience. Yeah, and and I was told by many people, oh, why don't you make it longer? I said, no, it's it's good. It's perfect timing. And mm. also, I think that the the fact that people are watching. Lots of things on 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 the internet on, on the platform and some you know the, the, when when you see a TV a TV show with episodes that are fifty two minutes you're used to the, that length of fifty two minutes which is the length of my film but also now nowadays people are used to see movies that are four or five hours long because it's like a movie cut in five chapters but uh, uh, yeah things are changing and and also as I said all the Hollywood productions that used to be 80, 90 minutes long, now they're three hours long. And um, so probably because people are tired of long movies, there is space for a short movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, there you go. And I'm glad that we have this one coming out now. So thank you very much for, for the film, for, for all the films. And thank you for speaking with us. Merci. Merci. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Dan Baer's interview with the director for Lux Eterna, Gaspar Noé, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Lux Eterna is now currently playing in New York at the Metrograph and will be opening in LA on May 13th with a national rollout to follow. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 